Hello, everyone. This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to This Week in Bitcoin and Beyond. Today is August the 2nd of 2023. Strong hand, long-term thinking. Bitcoin is the next Bitcoin. We're going to talk about that. I'm offended by selling. We'll talk about that. Not many people selling these days. Hello, my elite friends. This is where the big boys play, and we got some big boys here today. I'm going to, I'm going to say we're doing it a little different. Ulrich is back. From last week. Oh my God, a return guest? This is something new. You've never had two, a guy show up two weeks ago. Yeah, we're doing that now. It, it, we're trying some new things. But look who's come back. Andy Hoffman is back. Oh yeah, I know a lot of you people ask about him. You're too lazy to actually freaking check out Twitter where he tweets like every freaking day. You got to ask me, yeah, hey, how's Andy? I never heard about Andy anymore. He's on Twitter every single freaking day. But most people are there. They needed spoons. Yeah, uh, Baltimore. Or- I'm here to talk about the Baltimore Orioles this week. Heck yeah! No Baltimore. Bitcoin Orioles. Only Orioles this week. Right. He's, a Met- He's a Mets fan. They yeah. sold. Oh my god! We'll, 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 we'll save that to the end. Aladdin of Bitcoin trading cards is here. This is the guy. I mean, an amazing in motion in the Bitcoin space, proving. You don't need to be a technical genius to make it in this Bitcoin space. This man is the artistic, creative pinnacle of Bitcoin. Everybody loving his cards. Everybody wanting that first Meister card. Want me to sign their darn card. And I'll be signing cards in Las Vegas at Tone, Tone Base's Unconfiscatable event in December. Oh, my God. It's it, Yeah, we're getting close to December. Okay, dudes. We're getting close. So pound that like button. The discount code is below. It's Meister10 to get your tickets to Unconfiscatable uh, in, in early uh, December. Hello, my elite, elite friends again. We're, so let's just get started. And no, we're not going to start with the Hex news because I knew I know some of that. those dudes are here. We're going to save that for a second. We're going to start with Andy Hoffman, um, who notified me last uh, y- yesterday um, that, uh, you know, Fitch uh, changed, uh, lowered its ratings. Okay. Uh, uh, and he's, he's going to explain what that means. And right when it happened, it, Bitcoin started to pump. I mean, uh, certain people just, uh, they need the reassurance of a third party that, uh, oh yeah, it's, it's you know, the, the fiat economy isn't all that's cracked up to be. Fitch, uh, Fitch is telling you now. I mean, come on. We, we would, Andy and I, we, we were just talking about, uh, well, a bunch of people were just talking about. It, it was on yesterday, back in 2017, six years ago, was the birth of Bcash. We've been through it all. We knew then to own freaking Bitcoin and we got those crypto dividends. But uh, Andy, tell us, uh, you're from the traditional markets. You were the first uh, precious metals guy. And yeah, we're going to rip on gold today. And you were the first uh, precious metal guy to get into Bitcoin publicly. Tell us about what this uh, Fitch uh, really means and that, yeah, it, it is going to affect some major uh, buyers out there. Take it away. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, you know, back kick, kicking the can down the road, which uh, the fiat world has been trying to do for a long, long time. And right now we're getting to the end of the road because it's at the point where everyone needs to refinance all the debt that's been at the super low, artificially low interest rates for decades now. And rates are going back up. So everyone from the U.S. government to 
corporations and individuals are going to have to refinance and there's going to be no money for them. And uh, it was a big deal. I remember in, in August 2011, I was at the London GATA conference. It's a big gold conference. And while I was there, it was very thrilling. S&P downgraded the, the, uh, the, the U.S. from AAA to like AA+. And uh, nothing really came of it in time because um, no one thought it was a big deal. But here we are 12 years later, and now a second of the three agencies has downgraded them, Fitch, uh, which means that Moody's will probably follow. And that means a lot of people are going to have to sell treasuries even if they don't want to. And that's why rates are moving up right here. And rates moving up means a lot of people are going to be exiting bond markets uh, and they're going to have to put their money somewhere. And I think Bitcoin is going to be the place they ultimately come to. I, I, you, you said before the show, that there's a specific rule that some entities have that if they're two, two uh, downgrades that uh, explain that what you were saying. Before yeah, well, you know, there's a lot of entities out there financing, uh, you know, hedge funds, mutual funds, uh, institutions that are only allowed to invest in AAA debt. And uh, they'll, the, it'll say if two of the three rating agencies have AAA ratings, it's okay. But now only one of the three has AAA rating on the U.S. And I, you can bet that Moody's is going to follow behind. So there's going to be a lot of forced selling of the highest quality bonds in the world. And, um, and there's a lot of other people who've been selling them, like the, uh, like the Chinese government, the Russian government. And so, you know, forcing interest rates up means a lot of people panicking from financial markets and the money has to go somewhere and it's not going to just sit in cash with inflation exploding as it is. It's going to go somewhere. You can bet it's going to be Bitcoin. I just don't understand why normies continue to buy U.S. bonds. I mean, my grandma of blessed memory. She would be 100 years old now. That's the type of 100 year old. Yeah. Buying bonds. That's traditional. Yeah, I can see them go. But still people blindly. I think people are just going to still buy bonds. They don't care about the rate. You know, the, the whole ratings agencies are completely corrupt, too. I mean, I mean, they should have downgraded so many things a, a long time ago. I mean, it's. Well, I make one more comment. I make one more comment, then I'll pass it on to the others. I mean, just a few years ago, people were buying institutions were buying negative yielding bonds uh, because they expected governments were going to be able to continue to print money and buy bonds and keep rates down. And I think that's all blown up in their face. And now everyone realizes that there's no more QE. If there was another QE, let's say the markets crashed now. And uh, the Fed came in and said, OK, we're going to start cutting rates. This time, it's not going to cause bond, bond yields to go down. It's going to cause them to go up. So uh, we're, we're in for a new paradigm and a new paradigm of shifting money. And it's going to all happen just as the Bitcoin halving is happening. Dude, again, I, uh, I, I just uh, this is a digital world now. Bonds. I mean, I, my bar mitzvah bonds, you know what I turn those things into? Pound that like button. Anyway, it, it's really fun when you find an old bar mitzvah bond that you, your, your dad lost. Oh, bless him. But, uh, you know, it's weird. They, they kept on turning up. Anyway, oh, that paper stuff, you, you got to store it somewhere. Then it gets lost. Bitcoin, uh-uh. All right. So, Ulrich, your, your thoughts on the, uh, the Fitch. Yeah, you know, uh, like Hoffman said, you know, 12 years ago when S&P downgraded the U.S. Uh, credit rating, um, there was a a lot of kickback, bipartisan, you know, Obama was mad, uh, 
the Utah senator, I forget his name now. Lee, uh, Mike Lee? Was it Mike Lee? Uh, it was the other one. I forget. The oh, one the other one is president. gone now. What's his Hatch. name? Oh, Hatch. God. Hatch. 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 Right. But they were, they were all, you know, Republicans, Democrats, they were all infuriated with the audacity that this credit rating system would have the ego to drop them from AAA to, to AA+. And I think this is just, a, and that was 12 years ago. And now we have, now we have the second, the second uh, institution. The dollars, the dollars continually weakening in so many different ways, whether it's just retail purchasing power, that's content. That's, that's every single day. Um, coercive power over enemies. You know, they tried to, they tried to sanction countries and this, and the country say, we're, we're going to go a roundabout way to avoid you. And now credit agency trust. And we could say this is all good for Bitcoin. My perspective is Bitcoin doesn't really care. The old saying TikTok next block. I think it's good for people that are intelligent and curious enough to pay attention to these signs. Um, not every, like you, like you, like you said, um, you know, people are going to continue to just buy bonds no matter what, because it's just the thing we do. Uh, we don't we don't apply ration, rationale to our to our daily uh, economic decisions because we always pass off we the collective normies out there uh, we pass off our economic intelligence to the media to to some guy in an office somewhere. So Bitcoin doesn't mean certain death for the dollar, but because the pound is still around, but and it's hardly a pound of silver anymore. I think. Um, I think what the dollar will be in the future will be completely different from what the dollar is now. And we'll, you know, Bitcoin can't have a, can't have a credit rating, can't be killed by greedy politicians. It's just a matter of time before uh, the right amount of people wake up. Adoption is going to continue to grow, which will increase its value against fiat. Um, Bitcoiners should be should not be scared. This is a this is a very good time to be a Bitcoiner right now. Yeah, I, I do. I do want to say that uh, the the dollar, with its downgrade or whatever, you, uh, it, it's still the best of the fiats out there. I mean, it, it's and people still default to it. You said people outsource their their thinking on these matters. Uh, that's not changing. I, 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 there's no news story about people. Uh, well, I, I'm thinking for myself now. No, more and more every. This is going to be a reoccurring theme throughout the show. More and more people are just outsourcing all their thinking to uh, the mainstream media. And, and to, to other third parties. I mean, and that, that's the glory of Bitcoin. Personal responsibility is new counterculture. This ain't about third parties, dude. This is about you. Most people cannot handle it. They can't handle the truth that third parties are going to lead them down a terrible road. But hey, whatever. Um, hey, now it's time to hear from a Let's hear. Let's hear from Aladdin. You, we, we haven't heard your opinion yet on, on anything on this show. Welcome to the show, Aladdin. Uh, thank you, Adam. Now, you guys are spot on. Um, yeah, the dollar is still the, the prettiest turd at the dance. Yeah. So most people are going to want to dance with the dollar. Um, the, you guys hit it on the point of the majority of people don't want that personal responsibility, and they're going to trust the financial advisor. And that financial advisor is reading out of a Fed handbook, and they are not willing to go beyond what the Fed is feeding them, what the... I mean, I don't know where these guys are getting their information because I sit down and try to orange pill uh, these financial advisors quite a bit just as a, a little exercise where I go to financial advisors' offices and, and see what I can do on getting them to even talk about Bitcoin. 
and they shut down immediately. It's it's more of a battle with them than anyone I've ever had to conversate with about Bitcoin, which kind of blows my mind. But at the same time, it just shows you how how locked in they are. And if anyone should be learning about the financial system and the possibilities of Bitcoin, it's these people that they don't. And my aunt and uncle and different people that I know, they use their financial advisors and they don't want that personal responsibility. It's easier for them to go, this guy does this for a living. Um, I've known him for 25 years. He's a great dude. I know his kids. Uh, he's not going to send me down the wrong path. And little do they know these people are not even studying anything beyond the, the, that basic handbook. So until either people start to take personal responsibility or these financial advisors get a backbone and they're willing to admit that they may not um, be getting all the correct information out of these little handbooks they're, they're getting from the government and the Fed, we're in kind of a scary situation for the general public. So the best thing that we can do right now is, is stack Bitcoin the best we can and talk to as many people as possible outside of these financial advisors and try to speak some uh, some good hope inside them because uh, yeah, the bonds are going to continue to go. They're going to continue to dance with that turd. And hopefully one of these days we get some people to wake up before uh, the, the, the crumble comes and it's too late for them. Well, you know, you know, Adam, the thing with the dollar, you know, there's been many people like the shifts of the world who always talk about the dollar is going to collapse. Yeah, the dollar is collapsing in purchasing power, but it will never collapse against other currencies because it's more liquid. So, you know, for people who think that we're we're suffering from inflation here, it's unfathomable how bad the currency rates are around the world. Every I mean, every currency right now is crashing against the dollar. So you, you can't even look at the dollar index and, and think in terms of strength of the dollar. We are getting destroyed by inflation here and around the world. They're getting destroyed by it more. So, you know, there's going to be a global move uh, out of currencies that's going to be a lot faster than people think. I think that this event today may prove to be a turning point because people realize that there's going to be no turning around for interest rates. There's no QE that's going to save anybody. And so, uh, you know, I, I for the first time think that there's an imminence in, uh, in, in the shift of where people put their money and that very few people see. Well, I, I've got to, first of all, uh, Aladdin talked about, we got to educate people, use your Bitcoin trading cards to educate people, give them out, just don't hoard them, hoard the Adam Meisters, but the, the others, they give them out. That's, it's a physical way to get the normies to learn about Bitcoin. But going back to the subject at hand, uh, and we're everyone's going to talk about their projects at the end. Don't, don't worry, fans out there. And everybody, do super chat, get my attention if you want to ask any of us a question. You can ask Andy about gold or silver, and you can ask uh, Ulrich about basketball, his basketball playing days. You can ask Aladdin about the, the, the cards. But when we go, when the United States goes Fed coin, I just thought about this question. And you're not going to hear this anywhere else because I got a unique beast brain and I am incorporating everything I hear here. Okay. When we go Fed coin, will that be a way? Will the rating agencies all of a sudden say, "Well, this is so innovative. We're going to boost their uh, their credit rating back up again." I, I, I that that would not surprise me at, at all. I don't know if anybody has a, a, a take on that. And some some of people are going to say, "Well, that's not in their rule book. Well, what rules are there anymore?" They're not, they're not. 
Go yeah, ahead. real quick, I can go first with that one. I mean, with, with, that's not in their rule book because we, you know, CBDCs aren't in the rule rule book written, you know, 30, 40 years ago. In my opinion, that when you think about the possibility of how of every account in a FedNow or in a United States potential CBDC uh, network um, is essentially um, directly in direct contact with the central planners. So if they decide that there needs to be a rule of expiring uh, expiring money in certain accounts uh, where you have to, where you give a discount when you buy certain types of things in order to stimulate the economy, uh, all of those possibilities, uh, those possibilities of coercion control, direct coercion control, um, those, those aren't, a dystopian imagine uh, a dystopian fantasy anymore this is that becomes real life and that real life coercion uh it could be it's definitely good for central planners it's bad for individuals so proceed with caution well uh, andy do you think that'll help the uh, credit rating <laughs> if we, when fed coin comes around just a, a temporary smoke screen or something like that no, I don't believe uh, I don't believe there ever will be any CBDCs uh, anywhere, because it's a, it's a, it's a concept that makes no sense, and I think uh, you know any introduction of them is only going to cause people to flee whatever they can into something of value, um, because it's not really a currency. I mean, I think people see too many movies uh, about stuff like that, like 1984. People will fight back to save themselves, and. Um, yeah, I mean, a CBDC is only going to make life worse. So I, I just don't see it happening. It certainly is not good for credit rating, uh, but I, I can't see it happening ever. A concept that makes no sense. I mean, we're living in a world of concepts that make no sense. That The, the guys that you see walking on the street, they say they're women. That makes no sense, but they're women. Now we're supposed to believe they're women. There's a, this is post-truth world, baby. Normies are going to eat up whatever they're told, okay? Hey, uh, but Aladdin, you, you, your take on that, on, on your thought on that, Andy, um, spend some time in California and your mind might change. Um, we're living in one of the craziest periods ever. And it, it, yeah, it's a, a sick world right now. And I mean, just look at the president, look at um, the the central planning agencies around the world. I, I don't have as much hope that we won't have that. I mean, definitely hope that it won't. But I think that we are in a level of corruption right now and just totally. Well, I, hear, I hear you on the stupidity, but the way I see something like that is I see Atlas Shrugged. I mean, literally how Atlas Shrugged then that that's, that's how I think it, it's not a, it's not a viable it's, it may be, it's one thing for it to be crazy, but it's not viable uh, to roll it out and get it to work. I think it would cause widespread shortages of uh, supplies uh, like, you know, like you're in, like we've never seen before in this country and it just wouldn't work and society would fall apart. So that's well, just how I see it. I yeah. agree, but at the same time, I think that if they have their chance, they're, they're going for total socialism and this Fed coin is a great way to do it. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you from the people that I know just in, in daily life, if, yeah if you offer them that stimulus and I talk to people about this, the fed coin every single day. And I've got a lot of people, they're like, it'll never happen. And I'm, but well, there's a lot of people out there that if you promise them a, a stipend, a thousand bucks a month, 1500 a month, shit, they can 
print unlimited amounts at the push of a button. We're going to join out the world right right now. Yeah. And the the CBDC is already out in China. So not to say that we're we're equivalent to China, but there are, I mean, uh, Justin Trudeau, you know, he he often pines of how much he uh, he appreciates the Chinese way of 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 executing the economy. Uh, So we are in Justin Trudeau is one of our closest allies. It's not that far-fetched to incorporate some sort of centralized exchange mechanism, but I, I get both sides. I would say that in a nutshell, Bitcoin is what we should be looking at as the foundational thesis, the foundational uh, axiomatic entity of what money should be. And that type of education uh, from the from the former gold bugs, from the people who write, from the people who create artifacts, we should all be trying to say, hey, this is what money is. And and try and even though that it could be a it could be a far off fantasy, we have to keep that fan, we have to keep that idea close at hand and saying this is a possibility. It's a reality in some places. We have to make sure it doesn't happen here through our, you know, our our love of the First Amendment, well, I mean, of, et cetera. We could have a situation with the, uh, an administration, a presidential administration that, that, that tries to take even more power, gets into this. I mean, Andy mentioned 1984. He doesn't think it's going to go 1984. We're, so many people on a certain side of the political spectrum are all about thought crimes now. I mean, it, it is kind of disturbing. I recommend everybody uh, listen to or read 1984. I actually finally did after all these years. It really is a disturbing book. It's not just, you know, when you say something's Orwellian, I mean, it, there's some bad parts of that book, man. It's really bad. And in North Korea really takes it seriously, that, that, that philosophy, to, to say the very least. But there will be people begging for the CBDC when you market it the correct way. Um, imagine, this is the way you're going to get your reparations. This is the way you're going to get your negative 10% uh, mortgage, which will be your reparations payment. Uh, Kamala Harris, if she's president, she'll be able to market it beautifully. I mean, this is just this is just the way we're. we're yeah, we're, but I, Adam, we're, Adam, what I'm what I'm trying to say here is there it, it's viability. Okay, it all depends on the money printer, and the money printer is not working so well anymore. They just you know just because of the pandemic alone, they created all this money that's created essentially hyperinflation in a lot of parts of the world, and is now starting to cause it here. And now that interest rates are going up. You can't do it anymore. There's too much debt. They can't print the money to give it out anymore. And you saw what happened with the supply shortages just for a little period of time where they printed too much money. And mm-hmm. it'll get worse and worse to the point where they, they, you can't function as society. You can't just say we're going to print money and give it out. It won't work. I'm telling no, but, you, it, but, but, you're never going to see a CBDC in this country. It is working. For, it's working beautifully now. We, we have inflation and the mainstream media every single day says we don't have inflation. It's happyflation. The people are happy with it. They are loving it. So why can't we print more money? Why They are happy with it. Who said the people are happy with it? Who's happy? They're not. They're voting for the same guys over and over and over again. They're not. They're watching TV. They're talking about the NFL. They're talking about the NBA. They're, they're pleased. I mean, there's, there's some people like, yeah, well, I got, and they're not working anymore. They don't have jobs anymore. It's, people are con- content with that. There's, some of them are, are, are completely content with that. I, I don't see mass rebellion and delusion or, or anything like that. 
uh, people aren't educating themselves. The, 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 main, the mainstream narrative is, is a very uh, happy narrative that people, that people don't want to give up their system. People are, are very comfortable with the system. It is too disturbing to leave the system. If it's if deep down, some of them probably know there is inflation, that the milk costs more than it did last year, but they're terrified. They're not unique beasts. They cannot leave the system. They are part of this cult of undefined democracy. Whatever, whatever democracy is today, they are part of it. That is the cult they're in. If there's inflation, they're in it because that's how they live their whole lives. They do they we all of us here, we exited that that a long time ago, but only about 20 percent of the population is even capable of doing that. That's what I've learned in my life now. And I really think that they're going to be able to pull off this thing to, to heights that we've never imagined. I'm really serious about those negative 10 percent interest rates on your uh, on your mortgage uh, b- because of hardships that you, your ancestors suffered or because of a uh, current sexual uh uh, the hardships you're going through, whatever the reparations are for, it, it, reparations galore. This is, <laughs> but the money is not there. There's no money to pay for this. That's why it won't work. Well, it's just, just not going to happen. Every, just people, I don't think, honestly, I don't think anyone really wants to accept a couple politicians who want to stay in power. And as far as the people go, I mean, people want stuff, but it's, it's a, you know, it's a scarce world and uh, a lot of people are going to suffer. It's really sad. All right, Ulrich, and, uh, and before we leave this uh, this uh, inflation, hyper, all, all this talk, dollar talk, before we, we go to something that is uh, also somebody printed a lot of, uh, called the Hex, um, do you guys have anything else to say? All right, good. All right, so Hex, <laughs> Richard Harden, <laughs> we are familiar with this guy. Everybody's familiar with this guy. Um, back in 2017, and, and when Andy and I were, were on World Crypto Network and we were doing all sorts of things, all of a sudden one day, Thomas allowed, uh, and sadly, a lot of you don't even know who Thomas is. If you know who Thomas is, you're probably rich. <laughs> Tap that like button. You should know who Thomas is. You would be rich. Now, um, uh, but not by following Thomas's av- uh, advice because he would spend his Bitcoin while we would save our Bitcoin. But then, nonetheless, it's something else. Um, uh, Thomas led Richard Hart on the uh, World Crypto Network uh a great show, the uh, the Bitcoin group every Friday. And all of a sudden, everybody loved Richard Hart. He talked this big, he came out of nowhere. He talked a big game. A lot of people do not remember this. He was the biggest Bitcoin, the $20,000 fan you ever darn seen. Ever darn seen. He hated Ethereum. He hated altcoins. He would get into arguments with guys who liked altcoins and he would humiliate them. And all these people living vicariously through this guy would love him and hail him. It literally, I had him as a guest on my show, on my one-on-one show when he was in that stage. He was on my show. He was yeah. on my show with Nick Carter Go yeah. and Rocky Palumbo. <laughs> Go to the uh, archives, okay? Mm-hmm. Go to the archives. He loved Bitcoin. Now, eventually something happened where he, lost, he actually got a little bit emotional. There was some weird crash with Bitcoin. But he always talked about having an I. Was it not an ICO? I don't know. What, what, what was it called back then? He, well, yeah, he wouldn't have an ICO. He, he talked about having some technological coin one day. Really wouldn't say what would. Well, anyway, he is a good marketer. There is no doubt about it. He, he is a good cult leader. And, and, I, and I believe on a certain level, everything is a cult. As I was talking about the cult of undefined democracy that most people are a member of today. 
And uh, he came up with this hex thing. He gave it as a, a crypto dividend airdrop to all Bitcoin holders. That was very nice of him. A lot of us uh, turned that hex into more Bitcoin. That was very cool. But 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 over time, people, uh, Tone Vase called him a scammer, of course. All these people, he, he does the outrage marketing. He got on everybody's radar. All these people kept having him on the show. I would not have him on my show anymore once he was doing the hex because I knew what the game plan was. Get on as many shows as possible and get the, the 80 percenters to know who he is. And he is a very good marketer to unsophisticated investors. Maybe one of the best of all time on the planet Earth, for God's sakes, because he probably he wanted to be a billionaire. He probably at one time became a billionaire in terms of the amount of this, this heck stuff. And they will follow him off a mountain cliff, his followers. OK, it's unbelievable. So for years, I said, you know, this guy should not enter America again. The SEC is going to go after him again. But I would always say I don't believe in the SEC. I think that. We should live in a world like Lysander Spooner uh, described, and people should find out who he is. He was an abolitionist from the 1800s when, when it was really hard to be an abolitionist, but he was a unique beast. But he, he was against the government in so many ways. He believed in true private money. We should have private money compete with the public money. Let the best person win. Let Richard Hart print up his own money. Let there be Bitcoin here. Let there be Bitcoin there. We've got a guy here that's got his declaration of financial independence that a lot of people have signed. Do those people who have signed it, do they really believe that Richard Hart should be able to have his own um, uh, currency? I do. I've always said that. I didn't, I didn't want to be a uh, – I didn't want the SEC to come after the guy, but I was just being logical with these people. I was like, dudes, it's centralized around one man. When they come for him and they will come for him, it's not going to be pretty. But little did I know they'd, they'd still be, be loving the guy. Well, the day has come. It was obvious. You could see the glory of Bitcoin not having a centralized leader right now. But the bigger question is, is are people going to be like, yeah, yay, government go after Richard Hart? No, I'm not. I'm not in that that thing at all. I would never. Uh, uh, you know, there were there were people that were that. I'm sure there are plenty of people who think uh, on him, who told on him, who, who reported him. Informed on him. I'm no informant, okay? I I know what it says in the Shimona Esray, what it says in that prayer, what should happen to the informants, and I take that seriously. Now, look it up on Google for all you people who love to think my religion is all mysterious and there's all this hidden stuff. What the 19th prayer in the Shimona Esray is about what to happen to the informants. But anyway, I've gone on a tangent here. Sir Ulrich, what do you think about Hex? What do you think about the hexagons, the unsophistication? But at the same time, do you want to see Richard Hart rot in jail? <laughs> you know, I back when he was a back when he was a Bitcoiner, I was probably messing around with with altcoins myself, uh, clown coins. Uh, and this is my general rule of thumb uh, because he's, he's his tokens are being basically claimed to be a security. The duck rule, if it if your asset looks like a security, acts like a security, and quacks like a security, why would you place your hopes in a in the government or the SEC to make an exception for your clown coin? Um and we and generally speaking, the what a security is, um going off of a Cornell, Cornell's uh dictionary of all types of laws is 
any note stock, treasury stock, security future, any profit sharing agreement, collateral trust certificate, pre-organization certificate, transferable share, certificate of deposit for a security. And that's essentially that last one, essentially what, what HEX is, as far as I know, in the Pulse Chain and the Pulse Chain X. As Hart is, you know, you know, cir circulating around the news again. Now I'm like getting to understand, okay, what is Hex? And I've always ignored it because I became a Bitcoiner uh, several years ago. And I was like, you know, I don't, I don't care about that stuff. But it sounds like it's a Rob Peter to PayPal token. Um, it offers no utility or even DeFi. It's just like, hey, here's a token. I promise you, trust me, bro. It's going to be, it's going to be worth way more dollars later. There's no basis on well, even holding no, 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 it. I do want. I want to. I want to show you. I want to tell you real quick what does yeah. attract normies. It, the simple explanation he gives: you get interest on it, you you stake it, and you get more. They value their wealth in hex. He gives them if you hold hex, you get more hex. That that's the selling. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. So long story short, I mean, I I can't even imagine like that hexagons and any other crypto, any other which are securities. Why would you give the S? Why would you think the SEC would give you a break? on registering your tokens when they don't when they make home depot and amazon and intel register their securities with the sec it's just like the egotism to think algorand is somehow exempt from the rules of a of a of a nation state so in in my eyes like i understand i understand the the abolish sec dynamic but either make all securities unregistered or go register your freaking security. That's that's what it boils down to. Uh, in terms of people deserve the right to have their own money. Yeah, if it if it truly was decentralized and it was it was like Bitcoin, but there is long story short, they try to make things that that look and feel like it is. There's nothing like Bitcoin, and that's why they're all going to fail. They're all going to fail. The the the, the litmus tests are going to fail. The security test. Um, it's just one more one more one more tombstone in a graveyard of, of scams. Aladdin, you, you, you probably can take this from an educational uh, perspective. Uh, what, what do we learn? You're trying to educate a lot of people. I'm sure you've run into hexagons. Yeah. Uh, sadly, um, yeah, a couple of my friends have went down that road and I imagine they're not too happy at the moment. Uh, he's, he's a flamboyant Bernie Madoff. And it's really sad that he's been able to uh, get away with what he has. Do I think that he should be locked up in jail? Not necessarily. Do I think that people that have got scammed by him have the right to beat the living crap out of him? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So it's one of those where, like on an education standpoint, I would basically put it to people like he's a, he's a Big Mac in the way of if mcdonald's is allowed to peddle their crap and as toxic as that crap is and they're able to have uh, commercials and put mcdonald's on every single corner then there should be the same rights to a hex yeah. <laughs> so yes. look at hex like a mcdonald's is it healthy for you hell no um at the moment will it make you feel maybe some people good i guess if your body's used to eating mcdonald's and and there's all of the MSG and all the crap in there that makes it taste really good at that moment. I can't stand the crap, but I know a lot of people that do. So 
I kind of feel the same way about Hex. There's no way that I could uh, purchase any of that crap. It wouldn't make me feel good. But with the number go up scenario and, and what he's pushing on people, it gives that euphoria. So, I, I mean, I tell people when it comes to altcoins, clown coins, shit coins, whatever you want to call them, you're going to the casino and you're gambling. You're, you're dumping your money in a machine and you're pulling the lever. But honestly, you probably have more luck at a casino. So if you like gambling and you go to the casino and throw your money away, then I guess altcoins might be for you. But if you're not that kind of person, I would stay really far away from them and never invest in something you don't understand. And I'd like to hear from one hexakin that really understands how hex works, because in the end, I highly doubt they really know how exactly how it works, because if they did, I don't think they would be investing in it. So, so it, he's, it, it was shady. I will say this, but the SEC is shady also. I mean, we've got a lot of shade. I, I don't think you ripped anyone off. I'm going to say that right now, because it's been out there all this time. People have been giving the warnings all this time. Take some personal responsibility, people. Uh, uh, I don't. I don't think people should go after Richard Hart. He, he. He. I've always called it an ego coin. People remember that. Do you guys remember that out there? The ego to you know think that he's not going to be able. He's not going to get caught. He's not. It's not going to be classified as security. Yeah, he's got a huge ego, and people love that. The people who live vicariously through him, losers to live vicariously through this guy. But there are plenty, and I, I know that that sounds very mean, and I try not to be mean, but I got to be brutally honest here. You, there's so many people. What, his gimmick has always been, I will be your defender. I will be your strong man. Live through me. Whatever I say is right. It is the true embodiment of the book, true believer. The crazier stuff he says, the more that people believe him, okay, that his followers believe him. They will go on and on. So I, I don't think he... People should know what it is is what it is. It's been out there that there's some mysterious address that you sacrifice to. That's been out there. People just blindly believe in what, what it really is. Andy, your take was you've been around longer than Richard Hart's been around, baby. And you saw him come and you've, you've seen the hex. And uh, you, you, who knows? Well, we've got three hex. Who knows? Go. I'll put it this way. When I started CGC, which is now six uh, and a half years ago, six years ago, I had initially wrote, I said, 95% of, you know, all coins are useless. It was just kind of an arbitrary number. And I remember maybe a year or two later after I actually had my own dalliances with a, a few, uh, I said, it's more like 99%. And I think now I'm at the point, it's pretty obvious the number is 100%. There's never going to be a single altcoin. There's never been one that's ever accomplished anything of use. Uh, and, uh, you know, you say, well, Hex's use case is you get, you stake and you get more. Well, what do you think Ethereum's use case is? You stake it, you get more, and you hope more people buy it. Uh, and uh, Hex, uh, you know, Hex was down 99% before all this, and now it's down 99.5% or whatever. So it's down just like all the other altcoins. And yeah, he was a good marketer. And he, yes, I do believe he definitely scammed people through this coin. Uh, just like just like most of the pump and dump coins, some some as we've learned uh, had people that had good intentions. Uh, they thought they can create something, uh, but they couldn't. And others were just trying to scam people. And I believe that that's what Hex was. But um, as far as what happens to him or or this, I mean, I don't really care. I don't care what the SEC has to say about anything. They're 
They just they have no idea what they're doing. And the fact is <laughs> that all these altcoins are going to collapse on their own anyway. And if you happen to be a guy like him who's asking for it, then you, it's going to come quicker. And ultimately, Bitcoin is going to go up and everything will go down. And, um, you know, the only the really there's only a handful of the twenty five thousand coins that actually haven't gone to nothing against Bitcoin. One is Ethereum, uh, which will, I believe. Uh, one is uh, Binance, which may happen a lot quicker than people think. And, um, you know, you see Litecoin just have. Uh, Litecoin is down to almost nothing against Bitcoin too, and that was not a scam. Uh, so, I mean, what's left? That, that Andy, great, great point bringing up that the Litecoin halving is going on right now. We've had some freaks through the years, and I, I respect some of these guys. They're like, Litecoin halving, only one and a half years away. And I'm just like, oh, God, this is getting cringeworthy now. Now, we, we've come to the end right here. No one's even talking about the Litecoin halving is like going on right now. It is meaningless. It is nothing. But I've been around so long. I remember 2015, I was in Chicago the day of the uh, uh, the, the Litecoin halving or around then. It was in July. It was the day I first met Tone Bays, actually. I've been around this game a long time, people. But uh, Hey, yeah, Adam, real anyway, quick. You know, I, I wanted to chime in real quick. There's something that, that Andy mentioned that is very important. And the problem, the problem with the SEC infringing or, or getting involved in, in this crypto sphere is that the crypto the crypto holders, the altcoins, clown coins, shit coins, they will forever blame a government institution, some sort of infringement that they got in the way of our riches, of us realizing our use case. And the problem is just like Andy said, none of these use cases have ever been realized to, to uh, there's never been a beta, there's never been, there's never been a re, uh, any sort of re, usable release to the open public. You know, it's like, all it is is, 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 a, is an ecosphere of, of internal trading of NFTs, whatever you have, whatever you have. And if the SEC did kind of just leave it alone, soon and very soon they would all go to zero against shoot not only not only bitcoin but even the dollar in my opinion so anyways that's just the thing like the government they think they're doing a good job uh getting involved and all they do is create excuses for people that should be wake awakened by free market economics by the way i i wanted to add um i i, I and i think everybody on this panel probably believes it let, let, no one should be stopped from creating altcoins. If they want to create, it, it's not go. It's not going to stop. I think people will always do it. There's always going to be the next big thing. The next one. But I gotta say, with Ethereum, I know Andy. People have very strong opinions about Ethereum. I I am a unique beast. I am not with the uh, with most with a lot of Bitcoiners on this. I think it's uh, I think it's fine. I don't think it's going anywhere. I think Ethereum is the next Ethereum. It allows the, the decentralized. There are a lot of people that cannot get financed for anything anymore. And it's uh, it, they're creative ways of using Ethereum to uh, to do things like that that that, that, that do involve the uh, finance and stuff. And it, it is so weird when you're on that Uniswap thing and you're messing around with Uniswap and all that stuff that's built on Ethereum. All this stuff that's been built on Ethereum, it is. I, I got to admit, it's fun to play with when you play with it with very small de de denominations. Like what, Adam? No one has ever been financed because of Ethereum. No one's I, been financed I, I have, I have by no DeFi. Uh, no I, such I, thing as it. There's no such thing as DeFi or CFI or any of this. No one has actually ever been financed anything. It's all been speculation. I mean, look at Curve. That's a perfect example 
of something that was financed on altcoins and everyone lost all their money. I mean, that's what happens. (laughs) You you stake your Ethereum, you get, it gets loaned out by the the entity and uh, that that person who borrowed the Ethereum then shorts the Ethereum. I mean, there are ecosystems that are are built around this stuff right now. And uh, I, I, I mean, it has its selling points that it's not proof of stake. Uh, that you know, no, that is proof of stake. Excuse me, that's not proof of work. Yeah, that's made it worse. You know, made it worse. I mean, there's <laughs> everybody. There's and there's the mentality, the diversification for the sake of diversification mentality that all the that so many big institutions have. No one will ever be comfortable with just Bitcoin. They will want something else that is sort of different. The Silicon Valley mentality of 2.0. There is no Bitcoin 2.0. There's Ethereum 2.0. There are people who, who like that that kind of thing. So it, I, I think people do that that it's that it's a complete scam or that it's completely nonsense. It's not when you when you play around with it. It is fun. You can build things on top of it. What all these things are going to be in the future, I have no idea. I don't know anything, but it is it is a different beast than, than Bitcoin. And yeah, I guess I'm here defending it, but I I gotta tell people the honest truth out there. I cannot get on this bandwagon of saying that this thing is worthless or that it's a, a scam or that all these extreme measures that people say that it, it, you know it was pre-mined, whatever. Worry, you're gonna worry about 2014 right now, people. I mean, it is what it is. We gotta deal with what it is right now. And yeah, it does have a centralized authority figure and it can be co-opted, but uh, people are quite comfortable with, with, with that type of thing. So I again I, I say, you know, this is where the big boys play. Compete, don't complain. Let I fully believe in Bitcoin and I'm totally comfortable with Ethereum being there, and I'm pretty comfortable I, I, and I'm I think Ethereum will always be there. So I, I, I've gone off a little tangent because anyway, Hex and Ethereum, were, they're not the same type of, the different, although he tried to make Pulse into Ethereum. So I don't know, do you guys have any uh, more, more altcoin thoughts there? We've gone down that rabbit hole a little bit here. Any, any, of, the, any of you guys. All right. And guys, if you've got questions here, uh, do a super chat, do a Bitcoin Meister. You can ask uh any any type of uh, question about this? Uh, there was something I wanted to, uh, in terms of centralization. I think I'm skipping something. Anyway, um, something uh, that that I that I think dominates the mainstream world right now that distracts people from uh, their financial futures is living vicariously through politics. And one big thing we've got to, already: people are going crazy about the next presidential election, which is until November of the, you know, it's, it's 15 months or whatever. Okay. We got, we got 15 months until, but, but the people are crazy about it. So the, and some of these uh, guys running for president, they're, they're really desperate to get on the, uh, the, the debate stage. There is a guy out there now. I, and, and last week we talked about how RFK Jr. And Vivek and how to a certain extent, DeSantis, uh, are all friends of Bitcoin, which is great. That, that's great. But we, we shouldn't live in a world where we have a dictatorial president that can, uh, can you know, say so much about the economy. But w- one, one thing that people believe at this point, it's voting is like a religion. It is sacred. And democracy, undefined democracy is the cult that they live in. And whenever there's, the mainstream media says there's a threat to it, uh, so many people get on board. What I found hilarious 
is that there is a guy running for president from the governor of North Dakota. His name is Doug Burgum. And he needed to get on this the debate stage. The way you get on the debate stage, you need 40,000 guys to contribute to 40,000 people in a certain amount of states to contribute to your campaign. And I have linked to the article below. And he said, if you donate a dollar to my campaign, I will give you a $20 gift card. And all sorts of people, are, he got publicity for it. And he got enough people to do it. So that he's, but people are like, people were saying voting is sacred. How can this be? What is going on? And uh, I admit it. I did it. I contributed. The first time I've ever contributed to a presidential campaign was just a couple of weeks ago. I tweeted about it. I gave his campaign a dollar. He sent a $20 gift card, <laughs> which I, I mean, I can use it on Bitcoin. There's, there's different ways of, of using all different things. I'm going to use it for gas when I'm back in Baltimore for the bat mitzvah and Rosh Hashanah. And, but 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 the bigger question comes to me is a separation of uh, of money and state here. Okay, I really believe that uh, if we want the you know if, if we're we're a truly a free economy, anyone should be able to contribute any amount of money anywhere in the United States, anywhere in the world to these political uh, campaigns. I, I I don't think I think it's a complete waste of money that some of the spending that these campaigns do. Buying Facebook ads, thinking that's influencing people—I mean, it's it's insane. That it, it, why not let politi politicians buy votes? It's better than letting them be elected and then using our tax money to buy votes because that's what goes on right now. Adam, so, they can, they can do whatever they want. I mean, who cares? I don't care what this guy wants to do. Um, Politicians are going to have less and less um, of an influence on our lives because what they've been doing is failing so badly. And that's where Bitcoin is going to come in. And uh, my prediction for this election is that neither Biden nor Trump is going to win. And I'm hoping that it's I'm hoping that it's Kennedy that wins. But I don't think there's any way either one of these two guys has a chance. Everyone hates them. And uh, and no one's no one's voting anyway. We're in the, like the lowest voting percentage that we've ever had. Uh, so with, with Kennedy, uh, the mainstream media has smeared him and called him an anti-Semite, and the, his uh, favorability rating uh, has gone down. In and they said that about Democrats. They said that about Trump, and he won too. So. I know, but I'm just my point. In, my point in bringing yeah. that up is that it's a classic line to use on anyone. The mainstream mm -hmm. media. I'm saying that the Democratic base is so naive and stupid. And, and believes anything that the uh, mainstream media says that, that that has worked. What they've said about him, Kennedy has worked in terms of the, the current polls that the Democrats, not the not the majority of Americans, because he's still uh, pretty popular, amongst, but it has gone down. His favorability has gone down among uh, registered Democrats after the mainstream media smear campaign. It has totally worked. It has totally worked on him. And uh, uh, getting the vote out? Well, I mean, if there's another pandemic going on, you, everything will be mail-in and uh, there'll be plenty of people voting. Yeah, but Bi Biden has a record low presidential approval rating. And now we're just heading into the time where rates are rising, inflation is rising. I mean, and, and, he's in, and he's in his 80s and he's like basically barely healthy enough to, to be in the office now. But so the, how is he going to be the winning the election next year? Who's voting for him? All the Democrats. They they if they if, nah. if the mainstream media says that there's an anti-Semite, they say he's anti-Semite. If they they say he's vigorous, they show Joe Biden with his shirt off, and they have shown him mm -hmm. at the beach in Delaware with All his right. shirt off, and and many people like this. They think this is good. They think this okay. is a positive. And you're right. There are many people that hate all the candidates that really are disliked. But there is a core in the states that there needs to be a core. 
At this point, I don't see why he wouldn't be president. Because the, the normies eat it up. They eat up the happy, the happy inflation. They eat up everything. We, we're too smart. I mean, we're not, I, I mean, that's, I don't want to say that. But uh, the, the 20 percenters are going to 20 percent. 80 percenters are going to 80 uh, percent. Ulrich, you, you had thoughts on, on, on this uh, in terms of uh, uh, freedom of, of money here. You know, he reminds me of the strategic price point uh, game that uh, console makers would do. PlayStation and uh, Xbox, they would sell for a loss so they can get their, their hardware out into the market. And therefore, and they are kind of like committed to buying their software and that's where they would make their revenue. So in the same way, he's just looking for, he's, hey, he, he's going to subsidize his own, his own campaign base to have enough uh, people. I think it was like 40,000, 40,000 people committed to uh, committing money so that he can have a platform in North Dakota. There is something like that. And I don't find a problem with it because at the end of the day, if, if it, if it does end up being dumb money, it ends up becoming a, a, a waste. Well, you know, people uh, capitalize on, on a fool with a whole bunch of money. And the Bible does say a fool in, a fool in his, in his wealth are soon parted. I think that's in Proverbs. Uh, so in a nutshell, the only crime I see is how often we see, you know, the, how, the, how do I say it? The crime is how cheap people's attention is. You know, when we talk about, hey, I'll, you know, hey, come vote for me or come pay attention to me, come donate to my campaign. I'll give you, I'll give you 20 bucks to buy a pizza. It was like, oh, okay. Uh, we were talking about this last week with WorldCoin. How cheap is it to sell your retina? To sell your fingerprints with uh, or handprint to Am to Amazon, uh, anything for a for a cheap service. And this is a lot of reason why I think a CBC is even viable in the United States because people are don't realize how valuable their scarce identity is, the scarcity of their freedom is. Uh, they're w so willing to pawn it off for a few bucks. So, in a nutshell, I think. I mean, I think this guy is a uh, is there. The, Politicians are mad at him because they he thought of it first and because he's so willing to go into his own pocket to have a platform where whereas a lot of these politicians are such greedy grifters that they would never part for a minute any of their own money uh, to participate in the industry that they grew up in. Paul Ryan was one of his biggest uh, 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 attackers. And it's like, yeah, this guy, a career politician also, uh, aka a career grifter, he would never ever think that he would go into his own pocket for the benefit of his own of his own industry. It's just kind of like it's just different. Like you see the Trumps and the Bergens here, and then you and the and the RFKs, and then you see like the McCain's and the Paul Ryan's and the McConnells, and it's just like there's maybe this is a, an idea. Maybe there's two different breeds of politicians growing up, and and that's a good thing. Uh, so I'm 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 glad that long story short I'm glad this Bergam guy is uh, doing a roundabout way to to kind of exploit the political system. Yeah, it, it, there's an anti-billionaire uh, sentiment out there, anti-rich uh, man that that rich people shouldn't have say in, in anything just because they're rich. And uh, now I I, I I I don't believe in that at all. Uh, and by the way, the Bergam guy again, it's it's blowing money into the economy, whatever. That that's cool. Um, it's it's not the same as buying a retinas. I mean. Uh, it, it's just like uh, I voting is not sacred. So, yeah, 
you give me a uh, 20 bucks, I'll uh, give you a dollar because it, it's not a sacred thing to me at, at all. But so, so many people think it, it is sacred. Um, what, what's your what's your take uh, on all this, uh, Aladdin? And by the way, this is homemade sauerkraut. I just wanted everybody to, you know, even though I'm doing pretty well, well with the Bitcoin, make your own. Mm, it just smells so good. Make your own sauerkraut. Go, go. It's a way to save money. All you people that are, you know, worried about inflation, make make your own. It, it's mm, so good. All right, uh, it's very good for you. Very good probiotics. Uh, take it away, Aladdin. Um, a dollar for twenty bucks. He, he didn't make you stake it. <laughs> uh, I think um, he definitely should be allowed to do that. If we can have hex and we can have all this random crap out there, <laughs> of course this guy should be able to give someone twenty bucks. It's one of the best deals ever. And uh, he didn't do anyone any harm, so I think no brainer. Um, on the political point, I I try to steer as far away as I can. Over the last like since twenty sixteen. I mean, before that, um, I tend to feel like it's just a giant joke on us and more and more so the world is just sitting back and laughing and going so much for the superpower. I mean, we it's laughable, but at the same time, it's pathetic and incredibly disheartening to see what we have in office. And I don't think there's been anything to brag about in office for a very, very long time. And that goes all the way to the little um, small local governments that we have. I grew up in a very small town and um, right around 2013, 2014, I was um, extremely involved in the Chamber of Commerce and everything I was trying to do with the local committee um, with uh, some things that I was working on. And it, this is a tiny town. It was corrupt beyond belief, like beyond belief. And you go to the next town, it's corrupt beyond belief. The sheriffs are sneaking into your backyard and ripping you off and then coming in and busting you for what's left over. I, I've seen it my whole life. Corruption is not just at the top. It's all the way at the bottom. It's across the board. So I try not to give these guys too much of my time and energy. I'd rather give that to my family. And, and this is a good segue into what what has happened over time that everyone has let the government to get get volunteered to let the government get into every aspect of their lives, into their freedom of association, tell them who they can let into the, it, it, it's, it's amazing. Just let They're the government. raising your kids, literally. Yeah. It's, so, it's disgusting. Yeah, government the, schools are default yeah. now. Dude, if you don't, people, people are trying to, well, this should be taught in the schools. This shouldn't be taught in schools. Dude, you got to homeschool your darn kids. I mean, you got to get them out of, that's the real, we shouldn't have government schools. Go yeah. to your base principles here. People. Government yeah, schools are more expensive yeah. than private schools right now. Obviously, we don't pay it if you put your kids in it, but the literally to the taxpayer, it's more expensive to put your kid in a public school than it is to go in a private school. Obviously, the private school, you have to pay out of your own pocket, but the, it's literally cheaper and the public schools are despicable, disgusting. It's just Rothschild thought. So, so let, it's gross. Let's, let's get into this real quick here um, because it, we're, we're talking about politics. We're talking about government getting in everybody's lives where, I mean, government being intertwined with education. We had a, a Supreme Court ruling uh, that was that was controversial about affirmative action that now the, 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 the universities, both private and public, can't uh, use this, uh, uh, can't, can't favor uh, certain minorities, okay? But for me, now l let's exclude public universities for a second. I think Harvard should be able to pick anyone to go to their college any way they want to. 
If, if they want to have an all-Asian school, they should be able to. If they think there are too many Jewish people like me, they should say no. I mean, it's too – now, people are going to say Harvard gets all these government grants, so thus the government – okay, that, that is the point. Why is the government giving all this money to these colleges exactly. in the first place? Let us – I want – I love a world where we separate money and state, where we separate education and state. And let them come up. If Harvard's got such a great name, such a great reputation, they'll do people will worship them and still go there. But maybe that's not the maybe there's going to be some competitive new university that comes out there. What the current system, the current fascist system of picking winners and losers um, favors is the incumbents. So whatever, you know, the, the, they'll play their little game and, and, and whatever. But I in terms of I don't think the government should be dictating to any private institutions who they should let into their institution, okay? That that, that what's fair and what's not fair. If it, So compete, don't complain. If you don't like Harvard, or if you don't like a, a college that only lets in black people, then make your own, make your own college. Adam, 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 there's been no evolution of thought over time. Uh, government, people haven't uh, asked the government to do anything. There's been one fuel behind all the, the madness that we've seen in the world. And it's been the growth of fiat currency. And fortunately, it's reaching the end of its limits. So all this stuff that we're talking about is going to vanish. The unviability of, I talk about a CBDC, well, the unviability of universities, uh, pretty much everything the government does right now is unviable. And they don't have the, they won't have the money anymore to do it because the money's inflating away. Interest rates are now going to rise whether they want them to go down or not. And it's happening around the world. And as this movement, this is what I'm talking about, the Atlas Shrug type type situation. Things are not viable. It's not viable to dictate stupid policies, uh, whether it's green energy or transgender stuff or whatever you want. It all costs money that they don't have. And it's going to end a lot quicker than people think just because they don't have the money to do it. But for every Musk that shrugs, there are so many other guys who cuck. Okay, they are Musk so many is a, Musk, Edmund, Musk is a joke too. He's doing stuff that's hurting yeah. his own. He got to a point where he could have made an impact, and okay. he just well, he's acting stupid. Then. Yeah, you're <laughs> my point. He still no. contributed to this nonsense. They're all contributing their wealth to this nonsense. These CUCKs who just want to fit in, mm -hmm. they will go. They believe in this mantra, and they will give their hard working hours, their creativity, their innovation to this system. They yeah, believe but they'll go bankrupt doing it. But they'll go bankrupt doing it. They can no, give it all the, they want. Not the true innovators. The imagine, you know, the guys who create the new metal in Atlas Shrugged. Instead of him stopping creating the start. You stop creating the new metal. He creates the new metal over and over and over again for the government, which he did for a time, actually, in, in the book. But there are going to be guys like that in AI. We're about to enter AI, which is going to change, innovate this world and make things so much more efficient. There will be plenty of guys in AI that worship the government and will do and will help prop up the government. They really will. As long as the government allows them to be uh, multi-trillionaires, they will do it. They will finance it. I, again, I, I, Andy and I disagree on this clearly. Like, but Alan, I, if, you I have, if you have Bitcoin, who cares? If you have Bitcoin, who cares? You can avoid it all. If you have Bitcoin, you can avoid it all. So who cares? Exactly. Th th I don't care what they do with Harvard. That's what we're yeah. <laughs> that, That's what we're in. If you personally want to preserve your wealth, just uh, no matter what happens, you're going to be fine with the Bitcoin. But okay, uh, 
Ulrich, we, we got, man, we brought up a lot of things here. You, you've dealt with, uh, um, you, you, you played, uh, I don't know, when you went to college, what was it? Did you get a basketball? I mean, what was your... Um, I was a I was a seldom used walk-on uh, at a state school. Nothing, no basketball yeah. scholarship, but you knew no, guys that got basketball scholarships. Yeah. So I think if, if you want to be at college and get pay the basketball players, you, you, you should be able to and stuff. So we, we just brought up a lot of different topics, though. Well, and, I, well, in, in a nutshell, I, I agree with the privatization of, of education and we would be in a much better world. I don't think that that will happen until the government becomes broke off the they choke on their own debt, um, which will be, in my opinion, very soon. We're going to reach exactly. a trillion in interest payments uh, probably at the end of this year, if not sometime next year. So, I mean, it's, it's literally spiked up exponentially just recently. Uh, the jig is up, in my opinion, for the government as a whole, uh, just being able to uh, the United States as a whole, just being able to pay their pay off their debt um, free. The free market of education um, that would incur all different types of things where teachers get paid a paid a free a, a free market rate as opposed to begging the government for their salaries. Um, kids will be able kids will be able to go to any school and to and to customize their own ed education to fit their needs. I actually just wrote uh, I wrote an article about the privatization of ed of education under under a Bitcoin world. I put it in the in the notes in the or in the group chat of the live stream, so anyone who's listening right now can take a look at it. But they can also go to my website sirolrick.com and check out that article. It's one of my my most favorite ones because of how. Uh, education affects all of us. How we see, how we how we put the education system on a pedestal. How we put Harvard on a pedestal. Uh, all that comes crashing down when the schools have to create value in order to uh, to sustain themselves. Uh, but competition and technology, uh, we know this. It drives prices down. But government monopoly and money printing drives prices for goods and services up. And as long as the government has a monopoly on education, private and public, you see they're giving grants. Why do you give grants to private education systems? Uh, the same reason that anyone gives you money because they expect something in return. They expect loyalty. They uh, expect subservience. Uh, and so, yeah, technically every private every every private institution in America is technically a, a pawn of the U.S. government because they they run on U.S. government debt, uh, bonds, uh, grants. It's a mess. But as long as the state interferes, the value exchange will be corrupted. So and that that's the whole point exactly. Yep. Without without the printing of money, all these silly ideas go away, and they go away quickly, really quickly. All right, we we uh, Oryx got to go real pretty soon, but I want to get uh, Aladdin your take on this, and then we'll get. Ulrich will take over after that and, and promote what he's doing and everything. But Aladdin, take over. Um, I think you guys said it pretty well. I, I can go into this one pretty deep. I homeschool my kids. I, we lived at private schools. We I'm sorry. I was actually homeschooled Aladdin. I just had to ch chime in. I was homeschooled all throughout uh, elementary school. Go ahead. Yeah, it's, it's a blessing if your parents can pull it off. Um, it, it's a nightmare inside the public schools. The uh, one of these days I'll have to write a book on what I went through in, in my public school. It's just corrupt beyond belief across the board. Private schools are, are not much better in any way. Um, they're they're co-opted. So if you can homeschool, homeschool, it starts with the kids 
and the moment they have your kids and they they are controlling their minds think about it you drop them off at eight o'clock in the morning most parents can't pick them up until three they go to their after school program if not that they go to sports which is great but that's only if they have a good coach they're, they're raising our children. We get a couple hours a night with our kids and expect that our values are going to rub off on them. No, sorry, people. It's it's not. They're, they're going to own your children. And if your kids are little dicks, there's probably a reason why, because the public school systems have a big part in that. Um, yeah, I just recommend to everybody, if there's any way, shape or form, homeschool your kids. There are amazing programs out there. There's amazing communities that all work together. My kids are in the most amazing communities. I live in California, one of the most calmy, corrupt societies ever. I'm like smack dad in, in one of the worst parts of California. They call it the armpit. And we have amazing, incredible homeschool groups. The moms and dads are off the hook. We do our own proms. Like my, my kids are happier than they've ever been in their entire lives. And I put a lot of that towards this community that we're in and them not being... Uh, jam with the crap at school. So yeah, please people do whatever you can to research, look into it, save a child and homeschool them. And again, decentralize yourselves, people. Don't be a tree. Don't be stuck in the same jurisdiction. If you, if you don't, I mean, that is a, a lot of solutions. The government overreach is just find a new government. Go. And we have 50 different experiments here. And just uh, people, people's mindset is centralized over the, it's centralized uh, in terms of the federal government, that that is their, that's who they listen to. That's who, that's who makes the rules. The more people who just, I want to say ignore the federal government, but don't put it on a pedestal, the better, the better uh, of a decentralized situation we will be in where states get, have more confidence to gain uh, more power away from the federal government. I, I, I do again want to say is that this, this affirmative action ruling, it's being used as a club by so many people on so many different sides to just create uh, just, it's a, it's a distraction on a certain level. If you go back to your first, principles and just say, oh, why is there a Department of Education and why are we funding the education? Why are we do what, 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 why don't we have freedom of association? I mean, if you go back to that, you'll, you'll understand that, like, uh, you'll understand a little bit better. And uh, I, I also want to say we've got all these people that have signs, defund the police. And, but if you say defund the Department of Education, they classify you as a terrorist. I mean, you're, you're on the list all of a sudden. Um, so it's, it's, it's very, very interesting. You should be able to say both. Okay. And uh, for, for me, I'm, I'm very much into uh, uh, seeing what would happen if we uh, immediately got rid of the uh, Department of Education. Ulrich, uh, take it away. Every, all three of these guys are linked to below. Please follow them on Twitter. They all do great, great stuff, and they're going to talk about it momentarily. But Ulrich, um, I'm going to let you talk first so that you can disappear quietly when you need to. All right, take it away. Thank you, Adam. Yeah, um, yeah. never defund the, the Department of Propaganda. But my name is Ulrich, uh, as you've heard, and uh, I have my own website of all the writings I've done over the last few years, SirUlrich.com, S-E-R, Ulrich.com. Uh, there I also post all of my podcasts that I've been on uh, discussing Bitcoin education, uh, sharing what it, what it means to be a Bitcoiner, what Bitcoin means to the world now and going forward. Um, additionally, I've uh, developed uh, uh, the Declaration of Monetary Independence with uh, two other people, Mike Hobart, Mark Mariah. It has its own website. Uh, it's been at uh, two Bitcoin conferences, plan on it being at many more in the future uh, in different locations. 
additionally, I have uh, for fun, a little lighthearted Bitcoin action, the Bitcoin Ballers with Q. Uh, Q like the letter where we talk strictly about bit, uh, basketball. Two Bitcoiners talking about basketball from a uh, from an analytical standpoint and bringing other Bitcoiners on to talk about the fun uh, sport that I grew up playing and love. Uh, and then lastly, I have a substack called Delta Truth, which incorporates uh, intersection of Christianity, Christian ethics and uh, and Bitcoin ethics uh, as a as a writing platform for myself and others uh, with a similar nature. Thanks for having me. All right. All right. Uh May there be no hope for the informers. That is a that is something we say in our prayers over in my corner of the world. Um, that all are great stuff, dude. I, Q has been on the show before. I know Q tries is trying to get me on his show one of these days. It's late at night. I want to talk baseball with you guys. Oh, but we'll say the Orioles, baby. You got to love it. And that's long term thinking. I, I was not impulsive. <laughs> I didn't give up on my team. I've been waiting. I've been waiting. My father told me they would return to the World Series. My father might not be around to see him return to the World Series, but one day they will. Just like, hey, Bitcoin always returns to its all-time high. Orioles will return to the World Series. He just, it, it's it, it's part of the thing that makes me not an impulsive person. I've waited on the Orioles for a little while uh, during my lifetime. All right, let's go to uh, uh, Andy. Andy will be last. Let's go because I want to bring up gold with Andy. Some of you dudes are still gold bugs, but uh, take it away, uh, Aladdin. Tell them about Bitcoin card. I mean, everyone's seen your cards. Hey, how much is the card worth, Adam? Your card now? I don't know how much is it? it's worth as much as a Scotty Pippen freaking rookie. It's insane what these uh, what these what scarcity means to certain freaks out there. And that you know, Aladdin did this to teach people. He didn't make he didn't do this to make Scotty Pippen rookies out of Adam Meister. Um, but it's just, this is just what scarcity is something that certain people value to, uh, they take it to a really extreme level of, uh, of valuing scarcity. All right. Aladdin. Yeah. I, I gotta give Adam so much credit and being on your show is really cool because I've been talking about this for a while. Um, I, I, I reached out to Adam and follow him for years, but I reached out to Adam before I launched uh, a few months before I launched. Um, cause he mentioned on his show, Hey. I help <laughs> if you are trying to get something going in the space, reach out. And I was like, and it was Zach Allen that actually told me um, you need to reach out because I missed that episode. So thank you, Zach, because then I immediately reached out and Adam, um, you were an amazing help. Um, one of my first mentors in the game and pushed so many things forward, introduced me to some of um, my, my first advisors, Tone Vase, Bob Burnett, just incredible people. And of course, I had to put Adam in the pack because he was one of the first people I started listening to when I got into Bitcoin. And Adam is probably his card that made the Bitcoin trading cards uh, where it is today because people were beyond fired up, strong hands, long term thinking. Uh, it was just absolutely epic. And yeah, it was never created for more than fun and strictly education. I, I did not have any idea that the cards would be valued more than just the really fun collector's piece. And when it took off the way it did, I, it surprised me more than anybody else. Um, I was really hoping these packs would be purchased by Bitcoiners, handed to friends and family. People can learn about Bitcoin in a fun and simple way. And, and before too long, I'm like, holy shit, I don't think any normies are getting any of these packs because the Bitcoiners don't want to let them go. So uh, lots of things ahead. 
to get to uh, the normie packs and and we've got a lot of things in the works right now something we call genesis packs that will be that normie pack um but yeah thanks adam for uh, giving me that boost in the beginning stay in motion always in motion i, I learned a lot from this man and definitely a a great person to know all the way well, well thank you very much i am <clears throat> i know a lot of people in this space i'm very good at networking people and i've and you, you're living, you're living proof of it. Okay, you, you saw how quickly I can network with people in this space. I, I mean, literally, I, um, it's been uh, actually, it's uh, ten years ago tonight was the night in Baltimore that uh, two guys tried to jack me on the street and they failed, and my whole life changed. I said, I'm not dying in Baltimore. Um, it got me to buy Bitcoin, uh, my first two Bitcoin. Uh, three months later, it got me to travel around the world. Um, I really Adam 2.0'd myself that. Uh, 10 years ago tonight. Um, and I uh, just, uh, you know, it's been such a wild journey. I love helping people like you along that journey. It is very flattering. And I truly believe that if you're not a tree, if you get into out of that rut, out of that Baltimore rut that I was in, that I thought I had to be in, that that you can just change, you just got to change things a little teeny bit in your life. It's one, one, one step at a time, but 2.0 yourselves, people. Don't hey. be afraid to network. Don't be afraid. Hey, let, let me just say this, Adam, to add while, while Latin is still on the show. I've had, uh, you know, close to a 35 year career, which was, you know, many years mainstream, real Wall Street jobs and then the mining business and then the gold business and, and all this. And of all the people, that I've dealt with in my entire career, 35 years, Adam has had more of an impact financially than anyone, than, than anyone I've ever come across. And he's also become one of my best friends. So I, yeah, I was his first guest and uh, I'm grateful for it. And I'm grateful to the friendship and all the networking. And, and I agree hundred uh, percent. It's just, it's most it's, underrated Bitcoiner in the entire world. Absolutely so unique beast. It's 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 flattering, and I just want to be known as a unique beast. That's I want people to understand that that I'm not going to go the way of the blob. And if it's just the twenty percenters who know, it's just that's that's who knows at this point now. Um, but the dudes, you, everybody, everybody can be a twenty percenter. You, you, use your brain, use your brain. But but I, I I got enough about. Let's Aladdin third. The third series is coming out very soon. Then right. At, uh, it won't come out until next year. So um, to popular demand that they, everyone has requested, it's only 21,000 packs at a time. And we're, we're really working on making sure that we are the scarcest trading card series ever printed. So series three will come out uh, probably Q2 of 2024, but we were doing uh, commemorative packs in between. So okay. we have the Pacific Bitcoin commemorative packs we're going to be doing. Uh, those are going to be really fun. Um, we've got some some great themes and plans for that. And then we have Uncompensatable. And Tone and I have put together quite an awesome uh, array of cards that will be there for Uncompensatable. Um, so in between, we're going to have some really cool things. It's really just time stamping our moments in history right now. That's the biggest thing with these commemorative packs is we're, we're – changing the world like andy like you've said multiple times we go where this hope and this possibility that bitcoin has it's going to be the biggest revolution in, in human history 
And these trading cards, more than anything, but I'm, whatever number goes up, I have nothing to do with that. It's not into my interest in any way. My interest is time stamping these moments. It's putting Adam Meister on a trading card and time stamping when me and Adam were able to work together in the beginning of this. It's uh, the, the Bitcoin conferences, the, the people that are speaking at these conferences, because 10, 20 years from now, it, it's going to be something very similar. You can relate to the the revolution. I mean, it, this is amazing moments in time and our community is so incredible. We're driven people for the betterment of the, our children, the next generation, our, our friends and family's children, people that we don't even know. We're, we're, we care and we're driven to do whatever we can to help their futures and their lives. So the, no better moment in time to be locking these moments in and if you have a wife like mine that doesn't want you to store a bunch of stuff around the house and hates you coming home from conferences with bags of uh junk and and all kinds of things uh, these cards are great and that was one of my main thoughts on that because i'm not allowed to bring home the goodie bags anymore but i can bring home a trading card because that trading card can sit in a drawer it can be somewhere small and out of the way so i think there's many elements that hit well with this well, you're, you're physically in motion. Physic these cards are physical. They're getting Bitcoin in motion. You're in motion. That's, again, it, it's it's a lifestyle, people. Do not be a tree. You could be in motion so many different ways. And I, I just, I, I'm glad uh, you, you clarified on, on Series 3. I thought it was going to debut at a Pacific Bitcoin. But it's cool that, again, use the uh, discount code for Tones event in December. Obviously, there are going to be some cool cards there. Uh, and you use them. For normie, most, sadly, most normies need something physical still. Uh, we could talk about uh, how eventually that the – eventually, hopefully, they won't because gold, I think, is going down the tubers. Um, yeah, Andy, talk about silver and gold real quick and what you're up to and, uh, and, and, and physical versus digital. Right. Well, everyone knows uh, that I sold my gold and silver when I started CGC six years ago. And uh, I do keep tabs on the market just to see, uh, you know, what changes and what has changed as liquidity is completely dried up in precious metals. And I'm, I'm talking about there's almost no market left uh, other than uh, gold and silver eagles, for instance. And right now, because the government uh, won't print anymore just to hurt the market, uh, you will pay a 75% premium to buy a crappy silver eagle, which is useless. 75%, yes, you'll pay $40 an ounce right now. So when Peter Schiff says, oh, you should buy silver now at this price, it'll never be better. You will pay $40 now for a $24 uh, coin and you'll, it'll never get to 40 again. Uh, and you'll be lucky if the, if the bullion dealers are even in business uh, in a couple of years from now because liquidity has dried up so much uh, there's no such thing as numismatics anymore. There's no value in anything. And of course, the, the costs of transacting are, are worse than ever. So I think, uh, as I said, when I started CGC, that you're going to have decades and decades of millennials and Gen Zs inheriting um, useless gold and silver coins that they're going to dump as fast as they can. And that's just more money that's going to come into Bitcoin. Yeah, man, I, I, I do not get that there's still these guys that brag about being silver stackers i'm like what is, is this this is not 1982 dude this is the, we're about to get on a, a, a artificial intelligence revolution here and you're talking about stacking silver because you think the world's going to end and you, you got a 
And to get it, you, you got to store it somewhere. You got to pay now this ridiculous premium. I just, I, I really don't get it. But um, as you said, I think that there's just going to be guys that go to their grave believing it. Then their kids will inherit it and dump it right away, which is uh, a little sad it, 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 on, on one level there. I don't, um, uh, Aladdin, you actually know a little bit about uh, precious metals too. I don't, I don't know. You can, we can conclude with that real quick if you have anything to add to that. Yeah. You're in the physical cards. Are you in the physical metals? Right? Yeah. So I grew up um, obviously long before Bitcoin. Uh, my dad's a little bit of a precious metal stacker. And I learned about it uh, really early on. So Christmas and different things like that, I would get that one silver coin and, and learned about uh, what the elements of money um, really early on. And I mean, if you look at it going back then it, it, to the to age myself, um, early nineties, when I was uh, able to start stacking a coin here and there, I mean, silver hasn't done anything. Gold's obviously went up, but if you compare it to inflation, it's, it's done nothing. It hasn't kept up one little bit. And yeah, to the silver stackers, it's, almost like a, a shit coin in a way where you're just holding on for so long. I mean, it's obviously better than a shit coin in any day of the week. And if you're going to stack something silver versus shit coins, yes, yeah, stack the silver for sure. But when the, uh, when the, uh, the uh, S and P downgraded the U um, S debt in 2001, that was the high for gold, uh, which was $1,920. So 12 years later and three times more debt, $1,920. And silver, by the way, was $45 then. Uh, and now it's 23 except you have to pay 45 to get it. Yeah, the only way for the price <laughs> to go to where it should be balanced out with inflation is if they get rid of the paper silver and the paper gold. And that's not going to happen. Nope. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 definitely a dying um it's a dying metal at, at some point it'll be a collectible and that's all it will be. And then maybe that's where the, the paper silver isn't worth anything anymore. Maybe it's like a trading card at that point, you have these paper silver bonds or, or notes and, and that's a collectible, but yeah, it'll basically become like the Zimbabwe dollars that are worth a hell of a lot more now because people want it as a collectible worth more than it ever was um, as an actual monetary. I, I don't even think it'll be a collectible. I think 20 years from now, it will be a 100% industrial metal, which just means that gold is going to fall a lot faster than silver because they do the same things. Well, yeah. uh, wait, wait, Aladdin, I want to uh, hit, hit, hit back, push back real quick. You said you'd rather have silver than any altcoin. Uh, I would rather have uh, any altcoin than uh, silver because I could turn that altcoin into Bitcoin so smoothly. I would take, Ethereum. I would take Ethereum over silver any day. If, <laughs> I would take Ethereum over gold any day. I, I've done shows. Same here. Same here. Shows on that. So uh, Yeah, I would have to say I would probably take the precious metal over, <laughs> over altcoins. Now, obviously, if I can exchange these uh, shit coins into Bitcoin, uh, no brainer. But other than that, now because I, I see a, a collectible value to it in a way. I don't see it as a monetary exchange value, but I, I mean, it's pretty. And it's same way as anything else. People are, we're, we're animals and that's why people buy shit coins. There's all these, like the, the collectible market is totally different. So right now, let's say an ounce of silver is what is around 20 something bucks, but 
there's still collectible fun things that you can do with it. I mean, if, if a paper trading card is worth what some people are holding it at, then if it was a silver trading card, then it could have a, maybe more value. Or even if it's not more valuable than the paper one, it looks cooler. So I think for that way, yeah, but I don't really like any of the uh, projecting on values on different things like that. Collect it because you like it. Collect it because it's pretty and it's fun and you want to put it up in your house and you want to display it or show it off. I have my necklace not because I think I'm going to make money on it someday. I think because I really like the way it looks and I like the way it looks on my shirt. And that's the main reason for buying it. If there's a bonus beyond that down the road, great. If not, it's okay because I really enjoy wearing it. So as long as people are thinking that way, I, I do talk to people about gold and silver all the time. And a lot of them come to me with the idea of, well, if the internet gets shut off and the world goes crazy and like right now, all this alien crap that everyone's talking about. And if there's, there's any of this stuff that happens and it all goes to shit, then gold and silver will be the means of exchange. And I have to disagree. I think the means of exchange will be, uh, it'll be lead and it'll be brass. And the, the more lead and brass you have, the more power you have for that means of exchange because if it goes that bad it's it's not anything more than how much can you protect yourself and it'll go to the wild wild west more than we ever have seen so all right on that happy note uh <laughs> anything else you guys want to add before we get off here before we leave the show no happy all to right. be here again Adam. i i thank all three of my guests we're trying new things we're doing this week in bitcoin on random days and we're doing beyond subjects where we tie into Tie, tie into other other subjects into Bitcoin. I hope you guys, any suggestions are welcome. Follow me on Twitter at TechBall, T-E-C-H-B-A-L-T. How you'd like the panel construction, what days, what topics, what things we left off. I'm really open to some new ideas. We're just, we're just trying, trying some new things. I got invigorated out here in a beautiful Salt Lake City, which is the best uh uh, city in the United States that has a major league team of some sport. Of course, it's the Jazz here. They don't have a baseball team yet, but they eventually will probably. All right, dudes. Um, that's it. It's Wednesday. I'll still say Shabbat Shalom. Have a great Shabbat on Friday. I'm Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, Disrupt Meister. Please, please, please check out the links below. You can follow these guys. There's all, pl- Watch last week's show. Not enough people watched that. It was a great show. And uh, yeah, everybody, Shabbat Shalom a couple days early. I am out of here. Thanks again. I'm clicking bye-bye. Retweet it, dude. Seriously. Nice to meet you, Andy. Thank you, Adam. Let's, uh, 